Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser, and today we're going to be talking with Kelly Robinson, who is the international man of mystery behind a thousand recruitment and recruitment technology projects. Kelly, how are you? Hey, good morning. Is that the Avengers theme tune you use there, the intro music? <laughs> Got me very pumped up this morning. <laughs> how are you? Good morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm fantastic. So listen, take a moment and, and tell your story to the audience. Um, you know, you've done some amazing things, and I don't think I could tell it as well as you can. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, good morning, everybody. So um, I'm Kelly Robinson, as you can hear in my voice. I'm originally from London, England. Um, I started out my career as a, a recruitment guy. I made placements. I did the whole hiring thing, worked for agencies, built them, run them. Transitioned into HR tech, founded and built a business called Broadbeam, which was the, uh, ended up being the largest job distribution company in the world. Um, that brought me to the US in 2009 and worked with that business, sold it to CareerBuilder, had three amazing years with them. Um, so that finished up around 2017 and then I turned agency guy so I'm I'm a recruitment person turned HR tech turned ad agency so with a little tech thrown in so um, I'm still in the jobs business John so so tell me about tell me about your projects currently what are you doing what's the so agency business been, look like so it's been um it's been an interesting couple of years having come from you know, the, the experience of working in the corporate sector and then starting a smaller company again, which, you know, to a certain extent started out more as a sort of consulting operation. You know, a couple of people would come to us and, and ask for some help in terms of actually making a change to the way they run their, their campaigns and, you know, the way they invest their dollars in terms of advertising. And, and that sort of grew pretty quickly, actually. I mean, I, I don't want to use the we're one of the fastest growing companies because I've got no evidence to back that up. But we we literally started from, you know, from a single conversation back in November, and have grown pretty rapidly since then. Uh, sorry, November 17, have grown pretty rapidly since then. And what we do is we we, we help companies um, focus and accelerate sustainable recruitment marketing. We 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 really take an independent view of everything they do, and start to measure and encourage and build strategy to make things more effective. So, so we're an ad agency, but we're probably a little more consulting as well. That's interesting. You know, I've, I've, I have uh, nudged a couple people your way, and, and all they have to say are amazing things about what it's like to work with you. So why don't you, why don't you give me an example or two of the kinds of things that you do? Okay. Well, well by the way, thank you, and keep nudging away. It's appreciated. Um, so, so, so some of the things that we do. So one, one of the things I really like to do is work with companies that actually want to make a change. And, you know, let, let me bring that conversation to life a little bit. We, we've, you, you've, been, you've seen it. I've sat on thousands of conversations that where companies talk about improving things like the candidate experience, improving tracking, understanding their ROI. And a lot of those are conversations, yet they still maintain buying their media in the same fashion, which is, you know, an annual review and buy things for 12 months. And I could talk a little bit more about that. Um, what we're looking for and what we've been successful is finding companies that actually want to make those changes. So we'll start with, you know, let's look at auditing their jobs. Where are their jobs? 
where have they been syndicated to? Who's representing their jobs? What does the apply path look like? Is, is somebody clicking on a job and going through five or six different loops to get to their actual application form? What is the application form? What is the experience truly like? And then, and here's the, here's the really important part, how do we change it and are they willing to make that change? And we really look for companies that genuinely want to make those changes because you know, it's not rocket science. We're not trying to do an Elon Musk and put the human race on Mars. We're actually talking about making it a nicer experience for somebody to apply for a job, making it simple. And so many people put the barriers up that we're working with those companies that genuinely want to make a change. And for that, we have to sometimes ask compliance to take a back seat and let us to work our magic, and then we'll come back in and reevaluate what we're doing. That's that's so interesting. So so that's a that one of the questions that I have for you is that that um, the emphasis on candidate experience that you just laid out there. I wonder if that I wonder if that stays the emphasis when the economy is turned down. Is it more important or less important to take care of candidates when there's a bunch more of them? Well, I don't think it changes. I think it's it's, it's important regardless. Um, Will the rest of the world feel that way? Probably not. You've seen the way that the pendulum swings both ways when it's a you know candidate short or, or a candidate rich market. Uh, but I think that should be a a key focal point for most businesses. You know, we, we you think about it, right? Look at companies like Amazon, incredibly successful, amazing business, and they focus on just making things easy. And yet, you go to most job application processes, and it's not. It's complicated. And we're, you know, we're, we're becoming a one-click culture. We want to look at something, we want to press a button and buy it. Yet when it comes to applying for a job, or actually not even applying for a job, but figuring out if you're actually, you know, if you've got the right experience, or if you're actually interested in working for that company, it's actually quite hard to do. And and we want to make a difference. We want to work with companies that actually want to make those changes. Got it, got it. So there's a lot of stuff going on in recruitment technology, a lot of intelligent tools, a lot of uh, automated interfaces for people. Are you, are you touching that stuff? And what do you think about all of those chatbots and um, automated matching tools? Um, I mean, it's a, big, it's a big conversation, right? So I, yep. inevitably, the technology is going to make an impact in our industry. We've never been the fastest industry to adopt um, these types of new technology. And I think probably because we don't have the budgets in a lot of cases to invest at the sort of level that other parts of the businesses do. Um, I, I, I think that the concept of getting an, a, an immediate interaction with a company through some sort of chatbot is, is going to be commonplace. And I think it's you know, long overdue. Um, but, but I don't think it's ready to replace people yet. I think what happens is technology does some of the more predictable, repeatable tasks, which actually allows the people, the people in TA Tech, to spend their time having conversations with people and explaining why they should quit their job and come and work for that company. The problem you've got at the moment, I mean, if you think about the typical customer for, a, for, for my company or a, you know, a Broadbean or an eQuest, it's that, it's that TA recruiter, talent executive person, who has probably got you know, 30 or 40 recs, is seeing hundreds of people applying for the job, and physically doesn't have the time to reach out and communicate and talk to everybody. And so I think technology can help with a bunch of that. Technology can start those initial conversations, maybe hand the conversations off when they're ready for a person to take over. I think it can walk people through the 
early stages of the process. And if we can free up their time, then they can concentrate on what we need people for, which is actually having those real conversations when somebody is, is a match or when somebody is genuinely interested, and then they put the two together. And do, do, doing you're this across to speaking, you're a range... Speaking... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to fire the question back at you, actually, because you're, you're, you, know, you spend a lot of time looking at and talking to people about these businesses. What's your view on, on the whole technology AI automation piece coming into our industry? Um, I, I think that I think the technology itself is is almost too primitive to use. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of hype. There are a lot of people trying a lot of things, but one of the things that you notice very very quickly is that uh, recruiting has been able to be detached from the rest of the HR tech suite, and so you end up with. Uh, recruiting chatbots that give different answers to candidates than the internal chatbot gives to employees. You end up with uh, real trouble because it turns out that years and years of SharePoint documents and uh, a thousand other schemes for making access to information better has cluttered up hard drives with conflicting policies. Right. And so many places, if you go ask a simple question, you get five different answers that don't agree with each other. Most of the chatbot providers don't ever address that problem. And so, so you, end up with, you end up solving a recruiting problem and creating a systems integration nightmare. Um, and, and we're seeing that a lot in the, in the recruiting chatbot space. There are, there are companies who are trying to tackle the entire thing, but that means that they have to get clear, clean answers to about 10,000 questions that people ask in HR before they can have the capacity to ship those answers off to candidates. It's a big job because people have been neglecting their um, data for years. Right? And I'm sure you see this. I'm sure you see this all over the place, that the real problem tends to be a data cleanup problem. Um, yes. and, um, and those projects, the projects where you have to get the client to clean up their data are just as unpleasant as they can be because Sally over in the, the um, engineering recruiting section has – a way of doing things and a way of describing things that Sammy over in the operations recruiting section doesn't use. And the old ATSs allowed them to have different names for all of those fields. And because they have different names for all those fields, you can't put all the data together. And so, so I'm seeing a lot of projects emerge that are interesting that are about technical solutions to that data problem. So that's what I see. Anyhow, um, sorry, and I, pre- I, I, pre- I appreciate that. I just, for me, I think it's we're going to see it creep into the repetitive tasks that can free up people's time. I think AI and some of the technology out there can 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 make a big impact in that space. And and going back to that, you know, the the, the customer, the the recruits, the recruitment person with 30 recs and, you know, trying to handle a bunch of different line managers and things going on in their company um, to shift their 
experience from being an order processor to actually engaging and encouraging people to work for their company, I think would be a good shift. And if we can use technology to free up the time for them to do that, then fantastic. I, I agree. Is it ready for mainstream yet? I haven't seen, I've seen some amazing software, but whether it's ready for mainstream to kind of be your front line, I'm not so sure just yet, but certainly parts of it. Um, I also think this, this current period is going to shake out a lot of the overvaluations because there's a lot of companies carrying you know, huge valuations in this space, and I'm not sure if we're going to see that be realized, but that's uh, it's just a personal opinion. No, I, no I, think, I think you're right. The world has changed, and, and we've gone from – overnight we went from a, a candidate shortage to a candidate surplus, and I, I don't know how you think things are going to go over the next six months, but I imagine that the employment situation is going to get worse. By a lot. Oh, for sure, hundred. As soon yeah. as, as soon as the stimulus money runs out, then then the the crash will happen, and um, that's going to change things because you you know what happens in a downturn. You go from a world that has a million working recruiters to a world that has two hundred thousand working recruiters. Now, in that world, you need the kind of automation that you're talking about. Yep. You know, it's possible. Everybody who's in an Outlook environment knows how to do scheduling of all of the stakeholders for a given project. But what a pain in the neck to be that person when a machine can do it every bit as easily. Um, exactly. And, and there's no real there's no real reason to have a person doing scheduling. And I I saw somewhere that somewhere that Microsoft spends. $15 million a year scheduling recruitment appointments. <laughs> you know, now that's, there's a case for automation. There's a case for automation. Um, and, and that's to my point. You solve those little tiny problems, and we solve enough of them, the one day you realize that a big chunk of it's been automated and, and is running more effectively. Um, but you, you're talking about, you, you, you mentioned there COVID, and just to share a story on that, like, I. When this, when we first started working from home, and I, I've never been a work from home person, I've always worked in an office. Um, I, I learned, I learned a couple of things, but one of the things that really struck me was I didn't realise how much of my day and how much of my um, experiences of working were a result of somebody walking in the office and saying, "Hey, could you help me with this? I have this problem," and all of a sudden they got eradicated. And, and, and I've actually had so much more time to, to, to do things for customers and to build things than before. So it's, there's been some, you know, whilst it's been a really bizarre, I mean, I put 2020 as the year that wasn't, right? Um, but so whilst right. it's been a really weird experience, there's, there's been some things that I think have been actually really, really educational, really eye-opening. Like we've really embraced work from, work from home. And, and I've got to say, it was difficult for me for the first few months not having people demanding my time, it was almost like, am I not loved anymore? It was a really strange experience. <laughs> um, I mean, it really was. Part of my personality was dependent on people coming in and me solving their problems. And all of a sudden, there was nobody asking me to solve their problems. So it's been an interesting experience for me. I bet. I bet. But it's, it's quite a journey were... from... Go ahead. No, sorry. Go on, Karen. Yours. No, no, go ahead. Yours. Okay. I was, um, was going to say, at the very beginning of this, I saw a tweet. I wish I'd have kept it, but somebody posted a tweet back in, I want to say, early March. 
and it said something, and I, and I literally it struck a chord with me. They said, when times are good, you sell, and when times are not so good, you build. And so for the last two months, three months, well, actually, it's probably five months now, we've been focusing on, on building because I, I love what we do on the agency love, I, on the agency side. I really enjoy helping companies understand where they're spending their money, taking them out of these long-term, valuable contracts and bringing them into performance-based advertising and really helping make a difference. But building some tools, selling aside that and working with the team at Pager and, and building what we're doing with JobSpice has been really good fun as well. So th- I think that hopefully there'll be some interesting things that come out of this period for everybody. So, so you, you mentioned Pager. I don't know very much about Pager. Tell me about that project. Yes, yeah, so Pager, um, Darren is my partner on that. Uh, we, we, we launched the business about two years ago. Um, originally, it came from the idea. So, so enough people said to me, if I see another recruiter post a link on LinkedIn that just says, I'm hiring for XYZ and a URL, I'm going to shoot them. And, and we thought, well, actually, we could be better than that, right? We could probably make it... Uh, a, a much more attractive proposition and having been in the, you know, the job space for, for many years, we thought it was an interesting challenge. So initially we started off to build a system that allowed recruiters to socially share jobs, um, which morphed into content, which has eventually led us down to a path where the problem we solve for companies is when they have marketing teams and marketing people to create content, they can very rarely get their sales teams to organically share and amplify that message because so many companies still think sales are a multiplier of phone calls. And let's be honest, it's, it's not nowadays. They, people are still welded to the old, way of, of old ways of selling. And, and, and content-based selling, engagement-based selling it, it is much more effective. So what our system does is it simply solves that problem. It helps marketing people engage with their sales teams. So, we, you know, it's marketing. Engage with their sales teams to share the content, and that content generates leads. And, and we're working in that space, and it's been, it's been an incredibly fun journey. Um, we did, because of my background, we launched in both the U.S. and the U.K. at the same time, so it was an interesting challenge. Um, and it's, you know, the first year was really tough, but the business is starting to gain traction now. We're, you know, we're being used by a bunch of the bigger ATSs and smart recruiters and job fight and people like that that are actually using our product to work with their sales teams to actually promote and to help them generate leads. So that's been, it's been an interesting sort of diversion from just jobs. But it started with jobs. That's great. And and your your when you say agency, you you know I've been around long enough so that I tend to think that this means great big giant job board contracts. But what you're really talking about, I think, is job by job targeting and very explicit targeting. Isn't that right? So we our typical customer is hiring a regular amount of people a month. And normally it will be 25 to 30 plus. In some cases it's hundreds. And they want to centrally manage that campaign, but they want a company that's going to independently look and review and, and, and do things like look at the content that's being pushed out. You know, simple stuff. One of my biggest bugbears is actually what you see at job postings. And what most companies want are job adverts. They want a commercial reason why somebody should go and work for their organization. And actually what you've got is a job posting, to your point, that's a, a combination of a SharePoint document, a Word document that's been signed off years ago. And they're all the same. They're just vanilla 
and boring. And so we try and help people transition to writing a job advert, managing that centrally, managing their campaigns on a performance basis. So no more, let's buy 12-month contracts, let's sign off on a year. Let's look at each month or each quarter and see which, which assets are working and those that are not. And, and I know some job boards get, you know, there can be a friction with, with working with agencies. You know, when we first started this, I started reaching out to companies and saying, look, you know, we're a new agency. What can we do differently? How can we build a better relationship? Is it about the margin? Is it about lack of control? Can we be more open? Can we allow your sales teams to be on the calls with the clients with us? But a lot of it comes down to we're often call out a business that's promised X and is not delivering X and we'll go to them and we'll say look you know this is what we're paying for we're not getting it and then all of a sudden the, the relationship with the agency is sort of put under the microscope but it's, it's really not the agency it's the lack of performance I went off on a side journey then sorry <laughs> you got me on my soapbox no that's great that's great no, that's great so, so you can you one of the roles that you play is you act as an advocate for your clients with the the various job distribution operations or the various job publishing operations to make sure that they they're getting bang for the buck. And I don't think that used to be part of the agency model. But that the agency model used to be the agency person brought donuts and took orders. Um, and so <laughs> exactly. and so you're you <laughs> right. You're getting more activist than that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it, right? The, the the way I saw this industry explode, and I used to say, you know, it ha- has kind of three parts to it, the way people bought their contracts. They bought them on um, relationships, steak dinners, and discounts. That was it. Uh, and the world's changed now. Now people are looking at it and saying, actually, well, we don't want to commit to a year. Let's see if this works. Let's look at the numbers and let's redress. And people are always talking about how is job advertising evolving? I, I think that... The, when you look at job advertising, it's almost the purest form of digital recruitment. You know, you, you give a few bucks to somebody and somebody turns up that wants to work for your organization. I mean, it couldn't be more effective and more streamlined and simpler than that. And, and all that's happened is the way we buy that has changed from a, you know, a, a single job posting to a yearly contract to a per click and in some cases a per candidate or qualified candidate, depending on who you're working with. So I, I still think that the the performance-based advertising isn't fully mainstream. There's plenty of growth in that, and I, I believe that market's going to continue for a while. There'll be some evolution for sure, but it's really been the evolution as the way we buy the advertising. So, so I'm going to I'm going to change the subject entirely. Uh, you you moved to the states from London uh, twelve years ago, thirteen years yep. ago, um, two thousand nine. Um, 2009. Um, what's that been like? It's been, it's been a tumultuous time in the country. Um, what's that been like for you? Well, John, I am now an American, and I can vote. Don't ask me which direction I'm going in, and we're not going to talk about politics, but I can now vote. So this is my, this is my home. We have come here and adopted this country, um, and this is now home for us. You know, like any move to a country, it takes a little while to adjust. It takes a little while to understand the differences and, and how things operate. Um, but it's been a, a phenomenal experience, and we've loved every minute of it. Um, you know, the kids have grown up here from 
you know, Zach, my youngest, moved here at the age of six or seven, actually. So, you know, to all intents and purposes, that's the only home they've really known. Um, and, and, and I'm, you know, incredibly proud of him. He's a, he's a, you know, a young British kid that came here at the age of seven and this week just, um, just enlisted in the army. So he's going to be a, an infantry man off to Fort Benning, uh, to do his basic training soon. So I'm very proud of the fact that he's, you know, he's now serving his, well, I would say adopted country. It's not adopted country, but it's been a, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fantastic experience for us. Wow, that's that that's that's an awesome story. And I, I understand your your oldest son is buying a house in Austin now. Yeah, he's got a house. Yeah, he's got um, a house in Austin. So we're going to be um, that, we're going to have no kids at home. <laughs> oh, that's we should talk about that sometime. That's that's kind of a crazy transition. So so, do you have? Um, Clear a clear picture of where you're headed with all of these projects. It's a it's a it's an interesting portfolio of things. And in general, what I what I would say about your work is that you are uh, figuring out how to use digital technology to connect people to get things done. Right. That's that's the heart of of the work that I hear. Um, um, are you gonna are you gonna stay there? Are you building more things? Are you gonna grow? Horizontally, or are you about to become the new career builder? No. So we're um, we are yes, we're building some software. Um, w- one of the distinct advantages we've got is that the conversations we're having with our clients around jobs and campaigns lead us to look at friction in their processes. And one of the things I enjoy doing is building software to remove those. So we are starting to add a you know a small number of technical assets to our, our business. I think historically when you look at agencies, they've all tried to become or have adopted technology and tried to morph into a technical play. You know, one would argue not always hugely successfully. Um, I think because of my background being primarily in tech, it's an easier move for us. Um, I think the fusion of providing services for organizations and some software to help them solve their problems is our future direction, and it's definitely the one that we're embracing right now. Um, you know, we've been using this period of time to, to build and test out and try some things, and I'm quite excited with some of the things that are coming. So, yeah, very really interested to see where that's going to take us on the journey. Um, and then, and then I've got a little passion project. Um, how long do we have, John? We've got three more minutes. Uh, we, we've got a, we've got a few more minutes. The um, the 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 editor will cut all of the all of the crud out, so we've got some time. Okay, cool. Tell um, me about your passion can I project. Just talk about, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I um, I've huddled up with a uh, a former colleague and um, somebody you know very well, um, in Rayanne Thorne, and we are putting together or launching a company called the Fifty Project, and we're really. Um, out there, we've set a goal to educate employers to embrace what we call the the me generation. Okay, and it's a phrase. It stands for modern elder, and it's a phrase that we we kind of read on one of Tim Sackett's blogs. So I'm not taking credit for it, but we shortened it and we called it the ME or the me generation. And we want companies to provide opportunities for interesting and valuable work for people in that sort of 45 to 65 age range. Because if you go online and you Google and you start to you know, read the experience of most people in the age range trying to find work, it's actually really sad. 
And it's the one area that seems to be being ignored by so many organizations. You know, there's so much bias out there. You know, somebody who's 45 or 50 is applying for a job in a company and they're hearing things like, you know, why would this person want to work for me when I'm younger than them? You know, the person has more experience than I do. They wouldn't want to do it my way. She's been doing this job for 20 years. We can't employ her. Or worse still, or they don't have a four-year college degree. I mean, this is a person that's been in the workforce for 25 years and they don't have a four-year college degree. So we, we're starting a charter. It was starting very small, but we're asking companies to sign up to that charter and, and, and help us engage and employ people in that ME range, bring more, more modern elders back into the business and reduce the time it takes to find a job, which is, at the moment, for somebody over the age of 50, they, they can expect to be unemployed for eight to nine months, statistically. We want companies to bring that down. We want people to give them a fair shout and to open their doors and, and embrace that experience and expertise. What are the awesome projects? So, so where are you with that? That's, 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 a, that's a great thing. Are people signing up? That's a, that's a, that's a just, great idea. We're just, we're just starting to... Um, I guess we're out of a cage, right? I mean, what, what struck me is if you look at the stats, it, it, in the next few years, 35% of the workforce in North America is going to be the over, over the age of 50, right? 8% of them, that's 13 million workers are going to be 65 or older. And yet companies are still coming up and, 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 and they're not giving them a fair shout. And, you know, there are some companies that embrace it, but not everybody wants to drive an Uber. Not everybody wants to work in a, a DIY store. You know, I, I was talking to a guy that was a former C, CMO of a famous jeans brand come up with some amazing campaigns and cannot get a creative job is working on a help desk. Now, nothing wrong with working on a help desk, but you know, 30 years of experience, you don't suddenly switch off, yet they're not given the opportunity. Those people are not given the opportunity and we want to make a change for that. So the chart is going to go live. We'll put, if I can send you the link, perhaps you can promote it. And we're going to ask people, companies to sign up. We'll put their logo. Just to say that they're willing to consider and they're not going to um, refuse somebody an interview because they didn't get a four-year degree in 1984, 30 years ago. Wow. That's, what a great idea. I'm happy to help you. I'm absolutely happy to help you with that. What else have you got in your bag of tricks? What are some of the things that you're, that you're thinking about doing that you haven't done yet? Thinking about doing that? Oh, well, that, that's just a... That, that's where I need the acceleration of money. I think I'm probably tapped out in terms of the amount of things I can spend my time on right now. You know, the, the agency and our clients take take a, a bunch of our time. We've got a, a two software projects that are running in, con, in, in, con, in congruence together. So one of them is, is part of the agency. It's called um, essentially check my jobs. What we do is we analyze everybody's jobs. We look at the spelling. We look at the grammar. We look at gender bias. We look at where they've been syndicated to. And we provide that data back to the client automatically. You know, it's quite surprising companies actually don't realize the way they're portrayed and, and actually where their jobs are. So we're starting to track that and provide that report. Um, and then we have a, a campaign management tool which allows companies that want to manage their jobs and create their campaigns in a simple, effective way to essentially drag and drop and create their campaigns really easily. So they're two things, two pieces of of product or technical asset they're going to go live in the next, I'd say weeks, but certainly in the next couple of months. Um, and I think for the time being, that's probably, I mean, you've known me long enough. I, I love new ideas um, and I love working on new projects, but I think I probably need to focus on some of these now. 
cool. It sounds like it sounds like a great place to be and a good foundation for something bigger. Do me a favor and and get rid of the demo of those things for me. I'd love to see them. Absolutely love. Yeah, to yeah, see sure. Them. I can. Yeah, no problems at all. Uh, just let me know when you're free. Okay. So, um, any last thoughts before we wander off into the night? Any last thoughts before we um, wander off into the night? No, only um, I, I guess. I think, you know, talking about COVID, I think some, some interesting things are going to come out of this. I think that, you know, the nature of work may change. I believe that culturally, so I grew up in an era, and I'm sure you did, John, I grew up in an era where if you were sick, it was like, get your suit on and get to work and, you know, stop being lazy. And and I think finally, culturally, it's suddenly acceptable that if you're not feeling well and you're sick, just don't go in the office. It's like there's been a, a complete 180 turn on that overnight. Like there's, there's no more like, right. you know, get your suit on, do your tie up and just get on with it. We don't want to hear you sick. Well, you work your way through it. Now it's like, you know, stand away, 10 feet away and don't come back into work for 10. So I think, you know, there's some good things there. I think this, the whole, the whole remote aspect can make a huge difference. Isn't it lovely we can live anywhere we like and that hiring is about finding the best person, the best match, not the best person or the best match within this 20-mile geographical region because you can't drive any further than that. So I think those changes, forcing some of those businesses that were stuck in old-fashioned processes to change overnight, uh, that, you know, there's some good things that are going to happen and come out the back of that, I am sure. I agree. I, I think this is a remarkable time to be alive. I've never seen this quality and intensity of change concentrated into this short a period of time. I'm, I'm excited to be alive right now. So thanks for taking the time to, to bring me up to date on where you are, and, and I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking to serial entrepreneur Kelly Robinson, who is um, running the Red Dot Agency and a company called Pager. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for doing this, Kelly, and we will see you back here next week. Bye-bye now. Great. That was good. Cheers, Jim. Thanks, man. Um, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bouncing yeah, so, around the conversation so a little bit, but you got me going. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the idea. It was good. It was really good. Um, and, and we have an editor who cleans up all of the little dead spots. <clears throat> um, let's, let's find some time in your calendar on Monday and talk Monday. Okay. Yeah, I'm around. Um, I'd, yeah, it'd be good to good to catch up. Actually, I, I genuinely think there's some some stuff we can do together, um, and I want to get into you know, show you some of the things that we're actually doing for companies. I know during that conversation it was a little bit more kind of general, uh, but it'd be really good to show right. you some of the specific things that we're working on. Um, I'd like that. So yeah, chat you chat you Monday, brother. Hope you uh, hope you hope everything goes well over the weekend. Okay, I'll send you a piece of email. Um... Oh, you know what? If you go to calendly.com slash John Sumter, you can see where oh, the holes are in the schedule on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do okay. it right now. Calendly.com, right. John Sumter. You got it. All right.
Dude, I'll, uh, I'll book uh, you now. All right. All right, right. bye. Talk to you. Bye-bye.